0: Alright, this is episode number 93 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema being recorded on Monday, January 8th, 2024 at 3.51 p.m. So we are now officially eight days into the new year and you probably would be surprised the amount of people who have already forgotten or given up on their new year's resolution. Everybody's talking about, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to start eating better, I'm going to work on my screenplay, I'm going to work on my album, I'm going to do this and that. And they've already said, yeah, you know what, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. That's the kind of people say say that beginning of the year and then they never get around to it and then the year goes by and they're like, oh man, this year went by so fast, what the hell's going on? And it's like, brother, what are you talking about? You had all that time to do it and you just didn't. And, you know it's just it's just nonsense man so make sure you're staying on top of your goals on your dreams on whatever it is you need to achieve uh just make sure you're on top of that man because next thing you know we're gonna be having the same conversation again in december people saying oh 2024 and so fast uh ah, hey 2025 i got my new year's resolutions there i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the gym and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna learn this skill and i'm gonna learn a language and this and that and then they never end up doing it and then so on and so forth because you know tomorrow ain't guaranteed man so you you know you got to live for your Yourself. You gotta live to do what it is that you want to do and pursue your artistic and creative endeavors, whatever that might be. You want to be the next great, next great American filmmaker. You want to write the next great novel. You want to, you know, make a music album or do painting or, you know, whatever it is. You just gotta be totally steadfast and uh, headstrong when doing it, man. Because you know life's just gonna pass you by, and it's, you're gonna be on your deathbed, and be like, "Damn, I wish I had done X, Y, and Z." It's like, brother, you know, that's on you, man. I mean, did you enjoy your life? Did you enjoy the time that you had? And if not, well, brother, unless you believe in reincarnation, that's it, man. Oh, man. It's chilly as hell, man, I tell you. But it's great. It's great because at the end of the day, I'm in bed, and it's cold out. You get under those covers listening to uh, Art Bell, coast-to-coast AM radio. Oh, my gosh, there's there's nothing like it, man. It's just so cozy. After having a long day, you get into bed, you let your eyelids be heavy, and you just fall asleep to the beautiful sounds of Art Bell talking with all these people. It's just so, so magnificent. It's just these little things that really kind of keep you going and really make them so special. It's just such a joy to, uh, you know, look back on the day and see what you've achieved and what you hope to achieve for the next day and so on and so forth. It's just great stuff. And, um, what I mentioned in the last, uh, episode, the last episode being the Blu-ray episode, the, the, um, January 2024 Blu-ray episode, which is what I will primarily talk about here, because I was talking about on that the upcoming releases of Kindergarten Cop on 4K and Kona the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer on 4K, uh, and the timing just worked out, like, great, because, uh... Inspired by this audiobook, which I actually just finished today, which I'll talk about as well, because I've also started this man's previous book uh, from author Nick Similian. Is that an L or an I? Simillion. I probably said that wrong. Uh, I was listening to his 2023 novel, the Last Action Heroes, The Triumphs, Flops, and Feuds of Hollywood's Kings of Carnage. And uh, this was just a fantastic read. This has been on my to-read list for a while. But, uh, hey, if you got Spotify, take advantage of those audiobooks, man. I mean, they're not all free, but this one was. So, you know, you probably get good, plenty of good recommendations just uh, going from one to another, man. And this was just such a... Joy to listen to about the ups and downs, about the feuds, about the successes and the failures of these Hollywood 80s action stars. Talks about Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jackie Chan, Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, uh, Bruce Willis. Um it's primarily the ones they talk about. They, they mentioned some other actors here and there, but those are primarily the focus. And it was an incredibly engaging an interesting, uh, I would say, read, but it was more of a listen to, just about the uh, the competitiveness of a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, with a lot of these films coming out, it's a new wave of American uh, action films and stuff. You know, we're done with the 70s with the kind of grim and dour, uh, nihilistic sort of films. And uh, we're in, going into the 80s of just, you know, uh, testosterone, masculine, you know, gun shooting, just badass kind of guys. All these just memorable, great films that came out of there. And even if the films themselves aren't great, you, you some things you remember about the film that kind of uh, makes them stand out more than I think a lot of contemporary action films because they had this sort of quality of just that extra level of bravado and, and just being really like forthright man because there's, there's so many action films that come out now that you just you know you just forget about them they're just you know they're just even if the ones you like that's you know that's all good but a lot of these films because they've had the benefit of time on their side and I do think that a lot of them are just ultimately bet, uh, 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 more interesting kinds of films that doesn't mean to say they were all good there's plenty of stinkers don't get me wrong but I'm just saying that I think of I think back to like you know Stallone's and Schwarzenegger's and you know all their big films and stuff I and mean, most of them I think are pretty good you know up to a certain point This prime this book primarily focuses on just the eighty, the decade of the 80s it talks a little bit into the 90s uh kind of where these uh, guys' careers went on to afterwards of just kind of the legacies that uh they would end up making for themselves and um yeah no but 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 really man I mean this is um it's told in a very interesting way of just kind of balancing back and forth between these people. So you talk about Stallone for a bit, and then he talks about something with Schwarzenegger, and then the next section is about Schwarzenegger, and then he talks. there's a, there's a crossing with Jean-Claude Van Damme, so this and that. I mean, it's just wild, man. And the great thing about a book like this is that because there's being so many films uh, mentioned and uh, so many films reference to, it uh, makes you want to get your own notebook and just start writing a lot of these films down, ones that maybe you haven't seen. I know there were a couple that I... Uh, went under my radar in terms of I I thought I had seen it, but perhaps not. Um, And I'm also reminded of the the really good ones I have seen. You know, just some really, really terrific films like Commando, predator uh, total recall you get to the Stallone stuff you know i mean they they talk you know they talk about like his successor like rocky and stuff really kind of uh you know like i was saying before that sly documentary i mean is sly is is a very inspirational person i will say if i do have i wouldn't even call it a gripe I just kind of got more of an idea that i i, I don't think that this writer is too big of a fan of Stallone because whether intentional or not it does seem to be a little uh, like every time it, it cuts back to Stallone, it's, it's a fairly negative kind of portrayal of him, and I'm not denying that you know, uh, you know, I wasn't there this or that. I'm, I'm just saying that it, it did feel like a couple times that the the writer was specifically picking out Stallone and, and some of his uh, yeah, his egotism. And uh, you know, which I'm, undoubtedly is there. Stallone is is addressing that because I think it's so interesting with the Rocky franchise going forward. Sort of the the highs of Stallone as an actor, and then sort of wanting to um, pull his uh, pull his career back in, pull his uh, uh, character back in. And to me, that's why I think Rocky Five is actually one of the most interesting sequels because it's at a time when Stallone is doing just a lot of not so great films, and you know his ego's out ego is out of control, and he brings the character back down to earth. And I know people kind of dog with that film, but I think the stuff with uh, him and his son. Is really heartfelt. I actually like that quite a bit more than 3 and 4. I think that's a much better sequel than either of those and feels closer to the Rocky character as in Rocky 2. I mean, I almost kind of look at it like Rocky 1, 2, 5, and then Balboa and Rocky 6. Those feel the closest to that character. And, you know, in the Creed films as well, but I'm just saying that 3 and 4 feel so disconnected from that character, you know, because in due part, because of some things they bring up in the book of just Stallone. And his fame just getting so big, and and it's just, but I mean, Stallone is a guy who, you know, is constantly doing work, he's constantly grinding, constantly, you know, talking about all the scripts he was writing, they wouldn't get picked up, and he had to beg to be in the Woody Allen film, Bananas, from 1972, uh, I think, actually, yeah, I think it was 1972, I mean, he has a small part in that film with no dialogue, it's it's really just a little bit more than a cameo. But he is, and then they talk about some of his successes and failures pre- and post-Rocky and, you know, some of his fault. But I, I will say that when it when it comes to Stallone, to a lot of these guys, I mean, I always say that, you know, Schwarzenegger is, is the action star I prefer, but Stallone is the actor I prefer. I think Stallone's a a different kind of actor, a different kind of acting performance than something like Schwarzenegger, but I think he's done so much interesting good character work that's just that's not just an action film you know because there's Cobra and all that, that those are those are fun and all that but I, I when I look at stuff like Copland and like I was saying before, like with Rocky V it's really interesting character stuff that I think kind of uh, makes him a, a, a little notch uh, more interesting than some of the other contemporaries of the time but even still you know it's um, the point I wanted to get to was the three episode miniseries on Netflix that I think was also a 2023 uh, just entitled Arnold uh, so, yes, this is from 2023. It came out around the same time as the book, presumably, because the book is also 2023, but it doesn't say exactly the uh, the month. Or maybe it does. June 5th, 2023. Oh, wow, this miniseries came out June 7th, 2023. So this is the perfect companion piece to that. As well as the um, recent Sly documentary on Netflix. After watching this, I do wish that um, that documentary... Uh, which is only about ninety minutes or so, and and feels a little rushed. I, I do wish that they had uh, formatted it in a way of of this of of, of a nice three episode. Because I mean, this is about three hours in total. And what's interesting is that each part, each episode. Let me tell you this, for I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't I don't see any benefit. Uh, besides just, just a shallow kind of, uh, you know, uh, superficial level. But I mean, I understand why TV is so revered and loved and that's fine. I'm just saying for me, I don't, I don't have any interest in that stuff. Um, you know, it's just all game shows and, and, and all that stuff. But, uh, what I'm saying is that if I'm going to be watching something like this, I gotta be intently interested. I gotta if I'm watching something like this or if I'm watching like, you know, Band of Brothers or something like that, I gotta be totally engaged and totally into it something that I previously want to see and not just you know any and all film recommendations I'll take I got no problem with that um, but TV recommendations I'm always you always gonna be upfront I just say I'm not you know I thank you for thinking of me in this recommendation but I'm, I'm not I'm, I don't wanna I'm not gonna lie to you I mean I'm not a TV guy um, but with that said you know so each episode of this it talks about Uh, a different different point in his life. So the first part is about him uh, being a bodybuilder, talking about how he was perfecting his body. You know, he's coming from this uh, small kind of uh, Austrian sort of uh, uh, area where, you know – he was just like, he sees Hercules in the cinema and he's like, I want to be like that, man. I want to like, I want to really bulk myself up and really do it. And he does. And, and he, and he's like going as high as he can, you know, winning these competitions and stuff. And now it's the next phase, which is uh, the second episode, which is his acting career. He talks about his early kind of roles, like in Hercules in New York. And then he gets involved with James Cameron or actually before that, he gets uh, involved with, um, uh, originally Dio De DeLaurentis who, uh, uh, they have a bad first encounter, but ends up uh, getting into uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian, which kind of kickstarts his career. And then from there starts to uh, uh, wind out into into other big—I mean, his streak for a while was solid, man. I mean, he was doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, he was doing Conan the Barbarian and the Destroyer and then the Terminator and Commando and Predator and Running Man. And, you know, Twins was a big success. Total Recall and just film after film and then Terminator 2 and, and uh, you know— and then, sort of the uh, the the kind of middling off to the end of the nine is into the two thousands, uh, where the third episode is about his uh, about his political. Career and he became governor of California and he was talking about there how he wanted to like kind of break down the barriers of a two party system. He wanted to get other people's ideas involved with it and some of the criticisms that he faced uh, and some of the issues. I mean, I will say that one thing that this film does, that the the, the, the uh, miniseries does very well, is you know, it's not too afraid to address a lot of controversies in uh in Schwarzenegger's uh career, either either things that he said or personal issues that he's had. I mean, it's pretty upfront with a lot of it and it you know I think it's a good thing to really kind of put that in the forefront. Because now we're looking at a guy who's um, not exactly at the end of his career, but he's but he's able to look back with perspective. Because I don't know how, how how old Schwarzenegger is now, but he's able to look back with perspective on, on the things. You know the the ideas of an older man to a younger man who just wanted the success and achievement, and then when he gets older, he actually wants to do something and, and and actually make something of himself, but still has that kind of uh, you know uh, uh, prankster kind of joking mentality that, that the book brings up quite a bit. How you know Schwarzenegger was a prankster and this and that, but you know when you watch this or you read or you read the book or listen or anything like that, it, it does bring in mind a lot of these films that you you gonna you're gonna want to write down, you're gonna want to do a checklist of the films that are on your radar, and uh, you know when I was talking recently in the in the Blu-ray episode when I was. Making how I, I I haven't seen uh, kindergarten Cop. I haven't seen Conan the Barbarian or the Destroyer, you know. But now these films are on the or in the conscience, man, and they're making me reevaluate the films that I already enjoy so much, like Last Action Hero, like Terminator Two, like uh, you know, The Running Man and Commando. Uh, just these really exceptional and really uh, enjoyable films. And although I do wish that they uh, had, uh, which is like a little thing because he doesn't have any dialogue in the film, but uh, but um, in between uh, Hercules in New York and uh, his nineteen seventy six film, Stay Hungry, besides a TV film. That he did in 1974. He does have a very brief part in Robert Altman's *The Long Goodbye* from 1973. He doesn't have any dialogue, but he's just in the background there. Uh, one of the one of the best sequences in the film. Everybody, take your clothes off. Take your clothes off, everybody. Uh, it's just great. They really kind of skim over that, uh, but it was it was nice to hear the. Uh, the book as well mentioned early on about uh, Stallone's softcore film, uh, the party at Kitty and Studs, because it was cool to see in the documentary that they actually allowed uh, that Stallone allowed footage of that to be played. I know he, uh, you know, there's the story with that where after Rocky got successful, they they tried to bribe him for a hundred thousand dollars to uh, not release the film, and Stallone declined and basically just go ahead and release. It, I don't care. Um, so you figure that'd be a that'd be a, a soft that'd be a tough spot for somebody who's now like you know this major star and all that and they don't talk about it in that but I'm saying they share clips in that but in, in the book they do mention it briefly about how he, there's this quick kind of a couple day shoot and uh, how you know he needed money for that because he didn't really, he didn't have any money. He didn't have... He, didn't have his, he had to give away his dog. He had to sell his dog, I think, and then he got the dog back. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly inspirational story, but these just kind of guys who really went the distance. I mean, you know, Schwarzenegger just building up his body to be this just the behemoth of a person. Stallone is constantly writing and put him, putting himself out there. And then some of the other guys in the book, you know, Jackie Chan, who is, uh, you know, America kept rejecting him and rejecting him, and he was just like, man, I can't do this anymore. This is getting ridiculous. You know, but he persevered, and then he does. He just great big films and becomes, you know, one of the biggest action stars ever. I mean, Maybe the biggest, but, yeah, maybe, maybe the biggest action star ever, you know, um, in terms of, uh, you know, everybody knows Jackie Chan, man, that, that's going to go without saying. Regardless if you've even seen any of his films, you know, oh, that's Jackie Chan, it's a pop culture icon right there, you know? It's just a, a really exceptional stuff for people who are a fan of these films from this era or are just interested in this kind of, uh, the, the lives of a lot of these uh, celebrities, uh, which I don't, I don't, I normally don't give a damn about any of that kind of celebrity gossip, man. That's all nonsense. Anyone here or the other, but these stories are fascinating because it's the actual context behind them with these films that we can actually watch these films differently now, knowing that, oh, wow, on this set they had this problem or, you know, you know, on that set, there was an issue on here. You know, that's what makes these stories uh, far more valuable than just generic kind of, you know, whatever pop star of the week is like, you know, what, what they eat for lunch today. Oh, my God, they ate kale. That's insane, man. I can't believe they ate kale. I like kale, too. That's insane. It's like, you know, there's nothing of value there. It's just ridiculous. But I also did start his uh, other book that he wrote previously in 2019 um, about the 80s comedy stars. This one is called Wild and Crazy Guys, How the, how the uh, Comedy Mavericks of the 80s Change how. Hollywood forever. I have about eight hours left on this. I'm on chapter seven of this right now. But also, I mean, it's, it's, it's told kind of in the same way as... Um the uh, the last action hero uh, heroes uh, book of just these intertwining sort of people you have Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd Bill Murray John Belushi uh, Eddie Murphy I say Eddie Murphy I don't remember uh, and just the uh, the the egos that were coming along with them the uh, ridiculous kind of stories man John Candy as well is in there and you just you listen to it and you you know as a, as a listener you're like yeah obviously this kind of lifestyle doesn't have a lot of sustainability I mean you know you, you listen to like John Belushi just just being absolutely wild and stuff and it's just like yeah there's no there's it's it's unfortunate he had to he had to die so tragically man die so young um but you know you live you live fast you you go fast it's just it's just wild as hell but um i do also need to read or listen to whichever i get to first the uh book wired which was about the what was the full title of that I, I got it right here actually i want to make sure i got the full title of this it's wired the short life and fast times of john Belushi, written by bob woodward so that'll have to be read at some point as well for context um I got to the end of that chapter today, or end of one of the chapters. Say they talk about Belushi's passing a couple of weeks after the premiere of *Neighbors*, a film with him and him and Dan Aykroyd, which I haven't seen, but I think always kind of had this reputation of being the film where. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi kind of uh, switched roles, you know, switched, uh, uh, basically what kind of roles there would be If John Belushi, John Belushi playing the more straight man, whereas Dan Aykroyd's playing the, the one with, with a lot of, like, zany kind of wild dialogue and stuff, uh, you know, they talk about the Blues Brothers and all that, and just, again, you know, like, like the last Act Heroes book, it's all these all these films that you gotta write down, I'm not as, I don't think I've seen as many of these comedies as I have these action films, I think in part because I just ended up, when I was younger, I just watched more of these action films than these comedies, there are so many big comedies in this Era that I just haven't seen, um, so you know. But at the, at the same time, you know, it's like people say, like, "Oh, have you haven't seen this film, I've seen that film." It's like, brother, you can find ten films that you've seen that I have, and vice versa. You know, it ain't contest, man. You know, you see, you watch what you watch from the time you got to watch it, man. But uh, with that said, now there's definitely some titles here in this book that uh, I mean, a couple films I hadn't even heard of previously uh, that I'm I'm kind of curious of for sure. And it, it is interesting to kind of, uh, i was saying before, look at look at these films, these people back in context, it's sort of just the egos flying around, you know. It's sort of like for better or for worse, you know. It's sort of like these people were like were, were headstrong, you know. They were steadfast in what they wanted to do, about the cost of you know whatever it is they might be, you know. It's also it's, you know these books talk about a different time in America of just you know uh, of just excess and and, and of uh, this uh, real hard kind of hardcore patriotism and everybody's doing drug you know cocaine and stuff and it's just uh, it's, it's just a different time, you know. But it's interesting to look at it in, in, in perspective and just sort of see like yeah obviously this this wouldn't be a sustainable lifestyle at some point you know you can only drive a car fast for so long before you start before you got to get gas man and you slow down it's like oh, i want to go fast 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 it's like well brother at what cost is that gonna you know bring onto your life it's just it's just wild as hell man but Really excellent stuff, nonetheless, on both of these books, man. I'm really enjoying uh, this book right here and that Arnold miniseries on uh, Netflix. Definitely worth your time if you're interested in the subject matter. Like I said, with TV, is that I, I got to be interested in it to pursue it. Um, you know, if, if film is one thing; I got no problem watching a long film, but a, a miniseries or a TV series, unless I'm intently interested in it, it's just not going to happen. And you, you got, you got to be upfront with that people. You got to be honest, and you got to say, you know, I'm not going dis- to disappoint you and make false promises. This is what I intend to watch with the time that I have to uh, watch it, and I'm not going to waste my life being put in a situation that I don't, I don't want to be in if I, don't, if I don't need to be in it. You know, it's six, six, thing, you know. If you have your time to do what you want with it, if you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, you want to watch films, you want to play video games, you want to watch TV shows, you do whatever it is you want to do, man, because, uh, you know, you're going to be, if you're living your life for somebody else, you ain't living your life at all, man. Now I'm talking about not in a superficial way. You could say, "Oh, you got you got a job. You work for somebody else, like brother." That's not even in the same comparison league. That's just a wild thing to say. But uh, you get what I'm saying, man. I'm probably pushing the choir. You listen to this, but uh, yeah, check those out. Uh, check the, check some of these films out. Uh, definitely one that if you're unfamiliar with some of these films, to. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's probably many lists online. that are talking about the best kind of these films and stuff, or the or the most important films of like this uh, kind of era. Where you know, like say you want to be a comedian or anything like that, you want to maybe study a lot of these guys or see, you know, what what is right or wrong, or maybe you want to be an action filmmaker or an action star. You watch these films and you see what made these so successful. You know, they talk about the uh, original writers of of Last Action Hero. And, uh, you know, they would watch all these action films, and they would take notes on what would happen in each of the films and sort of the tropes and the cliches, and then we get that film. And there's actually an interesting story behind there on how uh, the production of that got uh, kind of taken away from them, and, and uh, you know, they kind of got tossed to the side while, uh, you know, everybody else, everybody else kind of got the credit for it. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, though. Check those out. If you have Spotify, those are available to listen on audiobook, or you can just get the book as well. It's just happened, it's just happened to have come up while I was uh, needing something to read. I do wish the interface was a little bit better. That's probably my only real concern with that. Is that it is a little difficult to specifically find recommended books unless you're looking for it uh, by name, because those uh, the last action here was one was recommended. So that's how I came across it. Uh, I mean, I knew about it previously, not about previously, I should say. But uh, either way, that is uh, yeah, good stuff. There's, there was another book that I wanted to read, um, also sort of about. It was, yeah, Oscar Wars, A History of Hollywood and Gold, Sweat, and Tears by Michael Shulman. Uh, that'll have to be read at some point. Hopefully that has an audiobook available because then I can get that out of the way soon. Because I think it's much faster, I think, I mean, I find, to... Uh Listen to an audiobook than it is to read a book. Cause I have that time at work, so I can just listen to earbuds. <laughs> My earbuds are the audio book, but uh, you know, getting out the time to really kind of properly, you know, take in the words, reading, it's a different kind of ball game altogether. But a, a different rewarding kind of experience uh, altogether. It's far more rewarding, I find, to actually finish reading a book than it is finish listening to a book. You know, to me, that's just a long form kind of uh, conversation. But uh, but either way. It's good stuff, good stuff nonetheless. So, uh, moving into 1972 as well, or was this 1972 or 3? 1973, directed by Andy Milligan. This was a rewatch for me because I had mentioned before how I was uh, watching uh, and rewatching some of Harry Reems' films for a writing project that I've been working on. Uh, now this IDB says 1972, and the other site said 1973. So I'm not sure exactly, but pairing uh the two up before they would be in forced entry, Laura Canyon and uh well she was the main character in this, uh so this is Fleshpot on 42nd Street, written and directed by Andy Milligan, starring Laura Canyon, uh Harry Reems comes into the film in the second uh half, actually probably yeah probably the second half. I was gonna say that or the third act, but yeah, I guess it would feel more second half and uh, you got a couple of the actors from the Last Toss on the Left on this, got Fred Lincoln, uh, who is all I think mean, probably more known for being an adult actor. But you also have Richard Towers who was in the who plays her lover at the beginning of the film. He was he played the father. In *Last House on the Left*, and uh, this is just such a wonderful film. I think this is just one of one of uh, uh, Milligan's best films. It's, it's uh, one of Reeves' best performance, and the chemistry between him and Laura Canning is, is just off the charts, man. They work so well together. Uh, it's interesting. I was I was reading somebody talk about this and they were talking about this in a kind of peculiar way where uh, they had mentioned this uh, liking to uh, to a Godard film or like a, kind of like cinema verite. I don't think I fully agree with that I think that's kind of a stretch but I will say that uh, with these character interactions you know they, they feel so natural that even though the camera work can be kind of stingy at times I mean there's one sequence when uh, Laura Canyon and Harry Reams in the back of a taxi and the, and the entire time the camera is at an angle in such a baffling way that I can only imagine watching this cinematically you'd just be like or actually, I should say, you'd be like, whoa, my goodness gracious, I think I'm gonna be nauseated. But we have Laura Canyon who plays, uh, I, I she's playing this uh, streetwalker, this kind of, uh, I don't know if ever she was a full on streetwalker, if she was a prostitute, I don't know, man. But basically, she's just kind of uh, milling around New York at the time. And, like, a, you know, if you're into like the exteriors of New York, the cinemas, the buildings, and all that, I mean, you're in for a total treat on this. The beginning of this film with that really memorable theme song, or that memorable opening track, I should say, it's just really the camera going down the street, and you see all the people who would have been there at that time. And the marquees on the building, the, elab- the uh, elaborate kind of marquees and the settings—it's all just so gorgeous to look at, man. It's just so, so uniquely its own. But she's um, uh, bumming around. I mean, she just really is kind of looking for a guy to take care of her. At the beginning of the film, she's with this guy, Tony, played by Richard Towers. And uh, you know he's a good guy. He's just he's trying to be upfront with her. saying like, hey man, if you want to stay here, that's fine. But you got to pull your weight around here. You know you're sitting around all day, you're not doing anything. You're not making any money. You know I you know I'm I'm fine. You know the sex is fine and all that, but you got to do something. And and she kind of just flips out. She I mean she waits for him to leave, and then she's like, ah oh, piece like jerk. I'm getting out of here. I don't need this. In my life, and she she is finding herself jumping from one person to another. She meets uh, this guy she used to know, and and through through some circumstances, ends up meeting up again. Oh, I'm sorry, I should say meeting up with this character, Bob, played by Harry Reams. And that's, that's where the heart of the film comes in, the, it comes in, man, because you have these longer kind of dialogue sequences between the two of them. Now, I mean, this is an adult film, but I, I would say if you were into, if you're not into adult films, I think this is one that you could still get with, because this is, for the most part, softcore with some brief moments of hardcore action between uh, Harry Reams and Larry Canyon. But it's their chemistry that works so well in the film. Harry Reams plays such a gentle kind of character who uh, has this sort of just loving attraction and tenderness towards her right when they meet. I mean, she's a, at first a little bit abrasive. She doesn't really know about this guy, but as it goes on, their chemistry is just so palpable and it's just so great that even the moments when they're actually being physical another, with one another, it feels far less sleazy than you would for uh, for a title like Fleshpot on 42nd Street because you look at the poster and, and maybe you see some of the images and I think you get an idea of it, but this film is way more of just a really solid character drama than anything like that. I mean, some of the acting because it is a little stiff at times and that goes with that same that's probably going to happen with a lot of these kinds of films. But I think Harry Reams and Laura Canyon, above everyone else in the film, their acting is actually really solid. Next, that's what I was talking about before with Forrest Anchorie. Is that the? I mean, it's a good film, but the strongest sequence in that film is a scene that uh, should work the most, which is one of the attack sequences, which is between uh, when when Harry Reems attacks Laura Canyon. Her screams and her uh, her physicality are so raw that she makes up for maybe some of the uh, the lesser elements of, of maybe you know the acting or um, or the filmmaking or whatever it is that might be man. Because Laura Canyon didn't really do a whole lot of films as is. I mean, Harry Reems did a whole bunch. That goes without saying. But for how good she is in this film, uh, it's. It's kind of wild that she didn't end up doing a, like just a bunch more. I don't I don't know fully her story, unless she just eventually got out of acting because her last film was in 1981 with Deadly Vengeance. But she also did uh, the Ultra Lost with Harry Reeves as well, uh, which was a Roberta Finley film, and actually uh, Fred Lincoln's in that too. So it was an interesting kind of connection there. Uh, that was uh, with uh, Michael Finley and Roberta Finley as well. And uh, but either way, I gotta wrap this one up because I'm running out of time here yet again. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We're eight days into the new year. It's time to make your dreams come true. It's time to get the work. It's time to just you know get rid of all that social nonsense. Get rid of all that nonsense you don't want to do with your life. Talking about oh I don't want to, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. Well, brother, it's time to make your life the way you want it to be. All right, man. Thank you so much for listening yet again, and I'll be back soon. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much.